Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. I'm really happy that you're here we interview uh, dozens and dozens, actually over a thousand now, uh, advisors, authors, other experts on uh, on all things having to do with uh, growing the value of your business as you head towards exit, or maybe dealing with difficult family transitions, uh, maybe dealing with your wealth. And my next guest is uh, R.C. Peck, and uh, he's with Fearless Wealth, chief investment officer there. They're in Kirkland, Washington, and. Uh, he is in the business of training people and their money to be part of the big trends while avoid, avoiding the large necess- recessionary losses that might come up. And we're going to talk today about humans and investing and why growing money is nothing like earning it. So, R.C., welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks. My pleasure. So tell us a little bit about uh, you and, and your background and how you came to uh, start a company called Fearless Wealth and what you do there. Yeah, so my background, I think, is a little different or unusual. Uh, my first big kind of introduction to money investing was coming home at 19 to see my parents crying in the family room because their financial advisor that they trusted and liked uh, embezzled all of their money. And he embezzled everybody's money at the company, <laughs> um, but I was focused wow. on my parents' money. And so I, I, I come at this investing thing almost as a, as a reformed cynic, um, and I'm a bit of a heretic, right? I, I don't really get along or play well um, with, with advisors or what I call the big box advisor world. And, mm-hmm. and because I kind of see or have seen how – the way that this whole industry has been designed, um, it's been kind of designed on this whole thing called, I'm going to use a lot of words you don't know. I'm going to use a lot of jargon. You're going to feel scared and overwhelmed, but then I'm going to swoop in as your hero and take care of you based on the scared feelings, confused feelings I just created in your body. And I think that's a really weird relationship. And so I I come at this, you know, differently, unusually, um, outspokenly. Um, And so that's my background. And I come at it really from a behavioral point of view because all of our choices, before we ever make a choice, they're first a behavior or a feeling in our body. Even if we don't feel it consciously, it starts with us and how we're behaving or feeling. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But uh, the, yeah, the, the, what you're saying is is true. The the I think the the big box uh, investment firms uh, adopt a 
hurt and rescue kind of a sales strategy, right? They first they want to help you, like you said, they want to they want to hurt you, like make you afraid, and then rescue, come to your rescue, be your hero. But there's also so many people that had so much implied trust, like you take a Bernie Madoff, right, who was had, had such a storied career and and had so much trust built in. And came in and swooped, swooped away with a lot of people's money too. So it's no re, no uh, uh, mystery that investors are are sk- afraid of, of trusting, uh, you know, big box and little box these days. So what do we do about that? Well, it's gonna. It, it may it may sound a little weird, but I don't think people. If people have to trust their advisor, I that is a big problem. Now, you probably want to like the people that are in your life, but when you have to trust them, that's, that's a problem. And so it's because we've been, we've been taught to be confused. We've been taught to be overwhelmed, and we've been taught to say, okay, go find someone you like and trust. So to answer your question, look, I'm, get, I'm, I'm biased here. People aren't trained. People have not been trained to look at their money, to visually understand their money, right? Our brains are pattern recognition machines, visual pattern recognition machines, right? When something was in the deep grass 10,000 years ago, our prefrontal lobes weren't having, you know, oh, well, it may be a large animal. No, our body right. get out of it. Get, get out, Get run or die. <laughs> run or die. And the ones that didn't aren't here. You don't know any of them. They didn't make it, you know, a hundred more generations. And still today, even in 2019, our brains are designed to see patterns, visual patterns. So when you don't put a deliberate picture in front of your brain, your brain, whether it's you feel it consciously or not, it's going to make a picture up. Right, so if I say to you, oh, my gosh, the P-E ratio is 27, the last time it was 27 was 2000 before the dot-com crash or the 2008 global financial crisis or 1929. So I could just pause there. That person's body, the cortisol level is going up. Their limbic system has been turned on. And I don't mean to use these, these words, but like already the brain and the body of that person is in this fight or flight now, no one's shown them any pictures, but they have loaded up pictures or images or feelings in their body. And imagine making an investment decision, thinking there's a lion around the corner or a tiger or a bear, and now you have to make a decision with your 500,000 or million or even 100,000. We, we know from science, we, we humans make pretty bad choices when we think we're about to be attacked. But that's what the big box world and the pick of the month the newsletter world has basically done they've taught us to make these choices unconsciously not getting that we are in this state of fear um and so right, in answering right, your right. question it's get get a picture i mean there's a lot to this like what type of picture rc all these things but we're already loading pictures up. Let's deliberately put an image in front of someone and say, okay, set the words aside. Do you want to buy this thing? And no one is training us to do that. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think there's, uh, like what you're saying, which I really like, is the investor has to has to take uh, accountability by the horns and train themselves. And they're and I think a lot of people are like, well, guess what? I don't have time. I, I I'm good at what I do at my job, but it has nothing to do with all this financial stuff. And it's gotten so complicated, probably because the industry's made it that way. Like you're saying. That I don't have time. So, do people is that is that true, or is there a way for people to carve out time and learn? And I think that's what you're going to tell us, right? Yeah, and I mean, thanks for the question because it's one of the questions I hear a lot. So, I have a bunch of things flood in my brain. So, the first thing is, imagine if you came to me and said, "RC, I just I don't have time to have a good marriage. I mean, I I just." I'm busy. I got kids. I got a wife or a husband. I got a job. I just don't have the time to have a great life. I just don't have time to have a great marriage. Now you said investing, but go with me. So that, that's one thing, right? The second thing is people have been taught that being smart with your money is based on effort and time, right? But we've all had the experience. Where we've driven our car off the uh, car lot. And all of a sudden, our brain sees all the other VW bugs or Ford F-150s on the road. That, mm-hmm. that didn't take time. That didn't take effort. Our brain naturally wants to do this. But we've been taught to turn away. Like, literally, we've been taught. Imagine you went to the ocean, like to the beach, and there's the big box world and the pick of the month world. And they say, oh, turn around. No, no, turn around. Turn around, Bill. Turn around. Don't look. At, don't look. And all of a sudden, your back's to the ocean, and you hear crashing waves that's probably kind of a stressful situation. Um, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the great thing about money and growing money, which is very different from earning it, earning it for the most part is based on effort, right? To a certain right. point and growing money hates effort. In fact, the more effort, I mean, you have to put a baseline amount of attention on your money, but it's surprising how little that is. So people go in thinking, well, those guys have full-time jobs, and I, I got a full-time job. I can't do another full-time job. Like, yeah, I got it, but they're actually not doing what you want to do. If you turn around and look at the water, it's not based on effort. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a mm-hmm. fair question because most people do believe, I just don't have the time. And the great news is it's not based on time or effort. Yes, you have to carve out a little time, actually not that much, but once you train your brain, you actually can't untrain it. Like you can't stop looking at all the VW bugs on the road. You just naturally see them, right? You can't go stop finding them, stop finding the other cars that look like mine. You, you can't undo that. So it's, it's actually right. not difficult to train the brain to see the patterns to get you the control you want with your future. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. So, uh, uh, with the training that you're talking about, um, and do, does it follow a particular methodology? What, what do you when you when you say training people to uh, either recognize uh, good opportunities or maybe bad opportunities? Um, is it basically based on the fundamentals of investing? Is uh, and how much time does it take? So the second thing I train people to do is to get a picture 
of what they are investing in. And I'm just going to make up two really black and white examples. So someone says, I want to buy GE. GE is a great company. It's got a great turnaround story, blah, blah, blah. So the second thing I do is train them to get the right picture to look at. And the picture I want them to look at is a picture of the price of the GE stock, right? Because you're not buying GE the company, you're buying GE the stock. And so your portfolio is going to go up and down, up or down based on the stock. And Newton kind of figured this investment stuff out about 400 years ago that something in motion will stay in motion until something of equal and opposite force pushes against it. So GE has been falling for two decades. All right, so let's just assume two decades is a long time. That's a train that's been moving a long time. So I train people to get a visual representation. And most people are actually taught to look at price the wrong way or too short or in ways that doesn't benefit them. So it's to get that picture, which the brain wants. As far as the time, um, very, I mean, literally my training is eight weeks, um, which is very surprising to a lot of people because most people are in their forties or fifties or sixties. And so they're making this assumption. It's going to take quarters and years and, you know, tens and tens and tens or hundreds of hours because again, they've been taught that it's effort-based, but literally in, you know, single digit hours spread across eight weeks because their brain has to get also hit with something called Monday, right? You got to get hit with Monday and then Monday hits you again. And then Monday hits you again, which is called life. And you still got to make sure your brain can see what it's supposed to see. So by spreading out those hours over eight weeks, the brain very quickly gets trained again, going back to the car metaphor to see the car you want to see. And it's like, Oh, got it. And then, can't be undone. Interesting. It's very interesting. And I'm looking at your website right now, and there's uh, there's a lot of great information there to help people kind of get an overview or idea. And you also have things like free webinars and um, uh, other in, in, interesting information. Um, who's who do you think uh, besides everyone? Who, who do you think specifically should be thinking about this? Is there is there a profile of a person in your mind that you're thinking is the perfect person for this? Yeah. So, so thanks for that. And it it absolutely is not everyone. I've been training people for two decades. uh, And so more people are not a fit than are, but I'll, I'll tell you some just general characteristics of people who may notice themselves wanting to know more. So the first is they've, they've maybe been with the big box advisor world and even the pick of the month newsletter world. And they're kind of getting that they may not be helping me or maybe even be hurting me. So that typically means they have to be older or at least have enough experience with both of those two worlds. Um, the, the second thing is they have to be making enough money to know that making more money is not specifically the answer. Right. So someone who's making $30,000 a year, they'll think what I'm saying is arrogant and it'd be upsetting to them because mm-hmm. 30000 yeah. isn't enough, at least in the U.S. and certainly isn't in you know, Silicon Valley or Seattle. But someone who's making 150000 right, or maybe eighty or 100000 in maybe deep Mississippi where things are less money, but they're making right. enough to know, 
okay, I'm making the money I thought I needed to make to be, air quotes, rich. Okay, so now what? I don't feel like I'm any closer to acquiring the choice to not have to work. So there's this general income of them recognizing earning is not enough. And that can only happen by earning whatever they think is enough. Typically, it's six figures. Um, but I'd say the last thing is this, this desire to want to be trained or look at something differently. And typically, it's, it's not, it's, it kind of shows up as bad news, right? Like Because people are going to get trained on things that go against what they might currently believe. The stock market is dangerous. No, it's not. Yeah, if you're out on the ocean with 50-foot waves, of course it is. But what the heck are you doing out on the ocean with 50-foot mm -hmm. waves? Same thing with the stock market. The, the bond market is not safe, just any more than the stock market is dangerous. So it's people who are recognizing something's off. My big box advisor let my money get cut in half twice. To pick a month newsletter world, you know what? They're actually scaring me. And then swooping in saying, hey, I know I just scared you, but let me solve that scaredness for you. And so there's a level of recognition like something's, something's got to change, and it's not more of the same. It's not another big box. It's not another ticker symbol. It's not another newsletter. It's not another book. What's the commonality that hasn't shifted? Now, they might not say, oh, I got to get trained because no one thinks that. Right? No one's like, oh, I probably should get trained. It's not something anyone ever thinks. But the way we grow our money sits on top of how we behave. How we behave sits on top of how we feel. How we feel sits on top of what we've been trained to do with those feelings. That's great information. <laughs> it's wonderful. It really is. It's, it, it's refreshing, and it, it makes, you know, it's encouraging people to take, a, take back the accountability and, um, and stop getting shifted around to different advisors who, who may or may not have their best interests. There's a lot written on this these days about uh, in whose best interest not only is the advisor working in, but the firm that they work for. And so it's really important that investors start to take uh, back the, uh, the onus of accountability on their own behalf. And, and again, in looking at your site, uh, there, there are great testimonials on here from a lot of different people. There are audio uh, examples and testimonials uh, and, and great ways to get started on learning about uh, what this is all about. So I encourage everybody to, uh, that, that is listening to this, take accountability, learn about this stuff because uh, the, the, next, the markets are, are really, uh, I, I'd say, more controlled than ever. Uh, by by forces beyond our uh, comprehension, and it's really important for people to take back and learn what that's all about. Now, RC, um, when people come on to here, it looks like they can have things like conversations with you to figure out their investment blind spots and things like that. Uh, tell our listeners what what that kind of a call might go like. Yeah. Um, so here's something really weird and unusual about me. Um, especially because most of my clients I never meet in person. One of the, the, one of the first things I ask of people is that we get on a phone call, right? And so this is very daunting to a lot of people. I mean, I have to talk about my money to a stranger. Like, you want to talk about scary. People would rather talk about their weight or their marital problems, but not their money. So I know if someone's like, look, I'll, I'll talk about my money. 
if someone's willing to have a conversation, it's, it's obviously a safe conversation. It tells me that they're open and they're like, look, I'm committed. Now, my conversations are different. I'm not going to ask them their age and their self-described risk tolerance because we've all been taught our age matters most. Isn't that interesting? Like the stock market doesn't care the year you were born. Does not care how you answer those 12 questions <laughs> right. that that big box advisor, you know, s- said no ocean ever. How old's that guy over there? No, nope. you're in the ocean, 50 foot waves. He's dead. Right. But we've right. been taught that life is about us and the year we were born and how we answered those 12 questions. So it's, it's a refreshing conversation in, in the sense that it's jargon free and wow, I'm talking mm-hmm. about money in a way that I haven't before to really understand what is in the blind spot. And no one can see their own blind spot. Mm-hmm. You just, you, you can't, I don't care if you're 50, 60, 70, I don't care if you've been in the markets one day or 30 years, we have blind spots and it's, it's someone else who has to be able to go, Oh, I see what you're doing because I'm not in your blind spot. And so that phone conversation, whether they move forward or not, is it's an experience that they've never had before and has them go, wait a second. They'll either go, I want more of this. Tell me more. They'll go, yeah, not for me. But it's very, it's very kind of go, no go because they're super clear about what, what life can be taking back control of their money. They're like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. And that's the easiest next step is to have a conversation. Great information. R.C. Peck, Fearless Wealth. Uh, the website is fearlesswealth.com. And I would encourage you again to check that out because there's a lot of great information. There's ways to learn more about what R.C. Uh, does and uh, book a, a phone call to, uh, to start uh, taking accountability for your own actions uh, out there in the investment world. So, R.C., thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Really uh, enjoyed the conversation and look forward to the next time we speak. Thanks, Bill. Take care. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 